Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat. I am Dave Taylor, usually joined by Sean Hood. He's not in this particular episode, but he's coming back in a couple of days because we got a big WrestleMania week to talk about. But we want to put a short show together this week to pay tribute to some of the guys that are going to be taking part in WrestleMania. That's right, a huge show this week. And uh, what we're doing is uh, we got some interviews that we've done in the past and some that haven't been on the show before is what we're going to be featuring. First, let's get some of the business out of the way. We appreciate you listening, however you're doing it, uh, whatever it's um, through many different streaming apps, whether it's SoundCloud or it's iTunes or it's Stitcher or it's TuneIn. We appreciate you listening to us that way. Uh, of course, we have the uh, Twitter and Facebook pages, ESPR99, and we tweet some fun stuff and, and a lot of stories as well. There's been a lot of stuff going on in wrestling the last couple of days. And we have the email address. You can always email us, ESPR at FM99.com. Now, we are... FM 99 and 106.9 The Fox's only wrestling podcast. We've been doing this for three years now, over 200 episodes, and we appreciate you listening after all this time. So here's what we're doing for this show. We're doing a bunch of interviews. Uh, we got Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, who we've interviewed on the show, and also unearthing a Kevin Owens interview that, uh, that we did before that he was a part of the show, and a Roman Reigns interview. So, yes, we're digging into the vault with some classic interviews. Uh, so some of the stuff they're talking about, obviously, might be a little dated references like uh, Roman Reigns is coming back from his big injury before he won the uh, Royal Rumble before WrestleMania 31. Uh, Seth Rollins after his big feud with Triple H. That's when we talked to him. Drew McIntyre when he came back to WWE after being gone for a few years. And Kevin Owens many years ago talking about his dream WrestleMania match, which I still hope for him happens someday. So that's coming up on this particular show. Now, for WrestleMania, here's what we're doing on Friday, which is April 9th. And you can join us live, by the way, on our Facebook page for this. At about 7 o'clock, we're going to be previewing WrestleMania 37 and also reviewing NXT TakeOver. And then Saturday and Sunday, after WrestleMania, after each night, we're going to go live and review each show. Now, if you can't, if you can't catch us live... Of course, you can catch us. We post the audio versions of our show on any of the major podcast apps that you find us. You can always search ESPR Wrestling, and we're sure to come up, and we appreciate that. So without further ado, let's roll into the interviews. First interview is with Seth Rollins shortly after his WrestleMania match with Triple H and coming back from his injury, and he had a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's go to that. Hi, I should introduce myself. I'm Eric. We've got Dave, our promotions guy, and Sean, our traffic gentleman, is also here in the room. Say hi, Sean. Hi, Seth. How are you? <laughs> Hello. All right, cool. Um, so how how long have you known you were the cover star for WWE 2K18? Um, shoot, I guess a few months now. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember exactly when I found out about it, but uh, I, had, I had a little, little head start on everybody else. Was it something you had to keep under wraps? Like, was it a big secret? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we tried to keep it on the low as, as well as we could. I mean, it's always an exciting moment when they uh, reveal the cover star of the new video game. So um, try to keep it as quiet as possible. Is the game going to feature you or like, or maybe certain things with the shield in the past, like, um, you know, like they have with the stone cold or, or other, uh, you know, certain areas of the game career modes. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't know features exactly what the game's going to look like or uh, what the details of the story mode are going to be, but uh, the theme of the game this year is be like no one. And, uh, they just thought that I kind of fit that, uh, that tagline really well, you know, based off how my career has gone in WWE and before, and, and just how I've made my way from, um, you know, kind of nothing all the way to the top of the mountain. So um, it was a real honor that you kids decided to choose me and put me on there. I'm very excited to uh, represent the company and the video game. Have you played a lot of the older versions of the games? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've played them all. Um, for, I've been playing WWE video games since I was, you know, as soon as I could pick up a Nintendo controller. Mm-hmm. If you don't play you, who are you and who do you take on? Uh, no, only me, always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't play as anybody else. That would be silly. Back when he could create them, he was still creating himself and only playing as himself. Well, is there anybody you want to anybody you want to beat up more than anybody else on that roster <laughs> in the game? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd I'd like to get. To, I don't know if Vince is a playable character in this year's game, but if he is, he's always a good time to beat up. And I'll take out your frustrations on the boss. <laughs> so, all right, now is your new the new finisher you have the flying the jumping knee? Is that going to be your finisher in the game, or are we still using the pedigree, or are we still using? You've had several at this point, so I'm wondering well, which one they actually got for you. Uh, I mean, it, based on you know the development process, I would assume pedigree is probably still uh, my default finisher in the game. However, you know they always come out with the uh, the new moves packs and stuff yeah. like that. So I would assume that uh, you know the the, the, the kind of knee, spin out knee would be uh, popped in there at some point. Now, when it came to that, actually, did uh, when that decision was made, did you get any say in, like, coming up with the flying knee? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was all me. I, I really thought that the, uh, you know, the pedigree had run its course. You know, it was really a piece of, of my career that, uh, like, a chapter kind of that um, I had moved on from after WrestleMania. And I thought, uh, you know, why not start anew with something completely different? Do you miss doing the curb stop? I love that move. Oh, yeah, we all did. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the subject of video games, I have a quick one for you. Just I want to know real fast, if you had to choose Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh, great answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Like, you would have said that either way. <laughs> no, yeah, probably, but don't undermine my basket. <laughs> <laughs> so this Saturday, you are going to be in Hampton, Virginia, a, a very historic venue, and we are running ads saying you are taking on Bray Wyatt, I believe. Um, is What is the end game here? Does Bray just go away? Like, I realize he's gotten too over on you recently. Like, how, how do you how do you how do you combat his weird style? Uh, I kind of just go out there and take what he take take what he gives me a little bit. You know, Bray's kind of a weird cat in the ring uh, and outside the ring to, to be yeah. fair. So, <laughs> so for me, I just got to do what I do. And you know, we are all extremely competitive on a high level. And uh, one night, it, you know, it could be Bray's night, and the other night, it could be mine. I just got to have confidence going in that uh, my style is better than his, and on that night, I'll be better than he is. Nice. Is he just as weird in the locker room as he is out in the ring? <laughs> uh, he's a weird cat. Yeah, you know, he's a, he's a strange dude. I've known him for, uh, shoot, almost seven, eight years now, and uh, he's got his own his own style, that's for sure. Okay, now there's something I want to know. Uh, it's a bit of an odd question, but I, I ask it of everybody. Uh, you have a lot of fans, a lot of really rabid fans, because I know some of them. Um, what's the weirdest thing a fan has either done for you or asked of you? Um, uh, you know, it's a little bit different in, in today's day and age because we get so many weird requests online. You know, <laughs> anything, any, anybody who wants to send you a message on Twitter or Instagram can try to connect you. And so there's all sorts of strange stuff going on out there. But at the end of the end of the day, it's it's uh, it's flattering in a weird way. You know, um, people they cross the line, but at the end of the day, again, it's 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 just how passionate our fan base is for what we do. Uh, who has it worse, you or Dean? Uh, shoot, I don't know. Dean is not a social media guy, so right. uh, I might get the, I might get the worst end of that stick. Hey, uh, yeah, all three Shield members have, are, are on Raw. Is it is it kind of I mean not like a reunion of sorts, but is it nice to be working together again, or are you guys still at uh, 
you know, is there any animosity with anything or? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's cool to have everybody around, you know, mostly just because everyone pushes each other to be better. You know, it's a level of competition thing. Uh, you know, not, we're all not riding together or anything like that. And it's not like the good old days or, or, or anything, but it's, like I said, it's just cool to have those guys around and, uh, competing with them um, every single night to see who can go out and, you know, have the best match or the best promo or, you know, steal the show or what have you. I mean, you and Dean get great pops, but when it comes to Roman, are you, are you still surprised that after all this time he still has to contend with the Boo Birds, if you will? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's it's still the same, you know. it's uh, It hasn't changed much. It's the same group of people that dislike him and the same that uh, love him, but uh, it doesn't really matter because – um, they're passionate one way or another, and as long as they're making noise and buying tickets to come see them, that's really all that counts. Yeah, exactly. If you're making noise, then he's doing something right, whether you like him or not. So, yep. uh, okay, now I'm sure you get this question a lot. WrestleMania, if you had to pick your one dream opponent, who are you going to pick for now? Let's say, let's say next year's WrestleMania. Uh, I mean, Shawn Michaels for me is my all-time dream opponent. That'd be a great. Match. That's yeah. That would be a great match. That's, I mean, that's my favorite wrestler, so that would be amazing to see. But yeah, okay. yeah. No, we never got into that on this show, but still, um, yeah, that would be an amazing match. And I did want to ask, tying into WrestleMania, your entrance last year, the fire down the walkway and everything. Yeah. Who comes up with those? Um, well, the, the idea, the concept was mine um, with the fire and and all that, and, and um, you know, I kind of based it off of uh, a little bit of Game of Thrones, a little right. bit of the wildfire and stuff like that, and uh, you know, lighting the king up. But um, at the end of the day, uh, our production team, our staff that handles all that, um, between you know, you know, just making it happen and and. and conceptualizing it and putting it together. They do a great job. You know, I kind of just come up with the idea, a little germ of an idea, and then they run with it and figure out how to make it work. And uh, they do that. You know, they work as hard or if not harder than we do to make us look like stars. So kudos to them for for putting that together and, and doing a great job every year, every night, really, to be honest with you. Well, speaking of of your entrance, how did you draw the, the, the longest straw and get the heaviest, fastest, most aggressive intro music in the Fed in the league today? Uh, I mean, that's just what I went for, I guess, or what yeah. I like. So they, they put a, a nice little piece of music together for me, and, and uh, it's got a cool little intro, and uh, it seems to work pretty well for me. Now, are you a Fear Factory fan? Because that's what I hear when I hear it. It is a little Fear Factory-ish. Uh, they were, I, I never really got into them too much. I saw them a few times in concert with a couple. Yeah, there were two, um, I don't know, industrial for me. I never sure. really liked the industrial metal. Sound, but uh, they have a couple decent tracks. Oh, absolutely. What What are you listening to? You know, before you before a match, before you get amped up somewhere, you know, what's on your playlist? Um, I mean, for me, if I'm trying to get you know psyched, it's um, a lot of metalcore, really. Um, Kill Switch Engage, Hate the Day, Day to Remember, Parkway Drive, stuff like that. That's that's usually trying to get trying to get hyped up. Those are the bands uh, among some other ones, but those are a few few names that my playlist usually. We did have a question from Mike and McKenzie real quick. They wanted to know how Black and Brave is going. Oh, my wrestling school. Yes, it's going quite well. Uh, we're about to finish up 
shoot, like our seventh or eighth class. Um, you know, a big group of young gentlemen finishing up about ready to be off in the wrestling world to do their own thing. And uh, we started up again in September with a full class of uh, 12 to 15 um, hopefuls. So um, it's a really a, a cool experience for me to uh, be able to impart my knowledge on a younger generation and uh, hope they use it uh, for good and not for evil. <laughs> Hey, uh, in the WWE Network, do you have a um, like a favorite match that you go back and watch, like before your era, like the Attitude Era, or even the '80s era with Hogan or anything? Or uh, not really, man. Honestly, there's so much content on there. It's hard to. I mean, if you really want to seek something out, you can. You know, go back and watch a, a Flair Steamboat or or uh, you know Kurt Hennig Bret Hart or something like that. But at the end of the day, like if you just kind of pop on what's playing now you're going to find some good stuff because there's just so much content on there now it's, it's incredible you can really get anything you want out of it are, are there matches on there that like when you were growing up that inspired you to get into wrestling oh sure yeah i mean uh you know one of the first iconic matches i remember watching was the uh, wrestling assist hulk hogan and the ultimate warrior title for title and and then as i got older you know um you know ladder matches between uh, Bret Hart and Razor, or Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. So, uh, even later than that, if you look at the Hardy Dudleys and Edge Christian, kind of the way that the, the, the road with the TLC matches and stuff like that, that uh, those were always inspiring for me. So, a lot of that stuff uh, is what kept me captivated over the years and made me want to be a part of this industry. Is it surreal to have the Hardys back again and be working next to them? Yeah, it's great, man. Uh, it's awesome to have them inside, you know, in the locker room, and not only just that they're cool dudes, but they've got so much experience and knowledge, and they've been been here and been out, and now they're back, and they've got a whole different perspective on things. So it's it's really cool to uh, have them have them back here for one more shot. Are they ever going to be broken? I have no answer to that. You have to ask Matt. <laughs> well, Seth Rollins, it has been. I'm, for, I'm sorry, Seth freaking Rollins. It has been there an absolute go. pleasure having you on with us this afternoon. Seth freaking Rollins, your cover star for WWE 2K18. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us here on FM 99. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Roman Reigns. You know, he was uh, of course a big part of the Shield. Uh, I had a chance to talk to him many years ago before WrestleMania 31. Actually, before he won the Royal Rumble that year. It was almost like he got good karma for doing the interview. And he talked about recovering from his injury at the time. And also the shield, you know, was it too soon to break up the shield? And even his uh, haters, he talked about, he addressed that as well in this particular interview. You just came back from injury. Yeah, I did. Um, You know, I I had a crazy night in Nashville uh, about three months ago. Um, I had a, uh, what they call an inguinal hernia. Um, and my intestine ended up popping through that stomach lining um, and getting stuck. So I had to go into emergency surgery um, to save that intestine. Otherwise, it would have been strangled um, and wouldn't have received enough oxygen, therefore would have died. So they would have had to cut that out. So thank God that uh, you know I, I made it to the hospital in time to uh, get that all cleaned up. Wow. How would you describe that pain? It, it was a different type of pain, you know. I mean, this is something that I've kind of dealt with for, for a little while now. So I got a little bit used to it. And, you know, just, you know, your body will callous over and just kind of, you know, get used to different types of pain. And that's kind of what my body did. Um, but once I got, once it got stuck, once it popped through and was stuck and couldn't get pushed back in, that's where I felt a different type of pain. You know, it, the, the pain elevated to where, like, 
I couldn't even stand straight up. You know, wow. when the ambulance came and, I, and it was time to get on the stretcher, I because my intestine was stuck, I legitimately couldn't stand up straight. So it was uh, it was a crazy, you know, different type of pain, especially being in the area. There's so many nerves and, and so much going on down in your bladder area and, you know, obviously by the mandrels and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it was something that I'm, I'm very glad that hopefully I'll never have to do again. Yeah, I hope that because you, you had this uh, this roll of momentum coming along, and then all of a sudden, you know, you go on the shelf for about three months, and then uh, you show up at uh, TLC. Did it feel good to come back? How Man, it felt great. Uh, you know, I, I've dealt with a few injuries in my day, and you know, when you're dealing, uh, you know, with a kind of a you know a, a spot injury like a knee or an elbow, you can always work around it. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't do that. You know, the main thing was you know, for my rehab is don't do anything. Just rest, stay patient, but don't strain. Because if I strain, you know, that scar is going to rip open. The mesh lining that they put in to secure that scar even even more would move um, and most likely have to be taken out, and it would just cause a lot of complications for the future. Um, so, you know, just not being able to go to the gym and sweat and, and work towards a goal was kind of the toughest thing I've ever had to do. Yeah, but it, it kind of got you healed up anywhere else. Any bruises you had from you know all, all the other bumps you taken? At least, at least you kind of got the rust up a little bit. And oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and that, that's you know people don't realize is I, every single guy on our roster is nicked up. They're bruised up. They're banged up one way or another. There's there's, there's somewhere on on everyone's body that's not feeling good. Um, especially once you get you know in this time of the year when it's cold and rainy. Um, any everybody says aches and pains, you know, um, especially us. But um, it it, uh, it was nice to be able to heal up and, and rest, you know, my knees, my ankles, my elbows and wrists, all those joints that are, you know, just getting taxed every single night. Um, and we don't have an off season, so uh, you and your your buddies in the Shield, you guys had all this momentum coming along, and and, and you had great matches with with the Wyatt family, by the way. Some some of the best matches of the year. Was that a big shock for you when you like? Find out that like like the shield was going to be no more. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, especially with something that so highly invested in. Um, I I can't you know praise my time in the shield enough. You know, the the shield is what gave us you know new life. You know, it's, people don't you know realize the the path that it, it it takes to get to where you know you want to be. Sometimes you know people forget about all all those hard days. You know that you know. That, that same drill over and over, grinding every single day. So, for me, the, the Shield was, you know, an opportunity to, to get out of the warehouse and, and, you know, step into the spotlight in front of the world. Um, and, you know, yeah, it, it was a bit of a shock whenever, you know, they they put the, uh, you know, they, they, they flipped the switch on us. But at the same time, you know, they, wh- where were we going to go? You know, what, what else could we have done? We... You know, we had an awesome feud with the Wyatts. We we were two and zero against Evolution, arguably the best faction of all time. Um, you know, well, you know, before the Shield, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, of course. I, I think that's the best way to you know to open up eyes to have that shock factor. Is you know a bit of a shock and awe uh, method is right at the pinnacle. Boom, change the game. So I think uh, you know, as as most people are. Uh, you know, afraid of change. Once you accept it, it's it's all for the better. And look at us now. You know, I mean, we're not the shield, but we're still all pretty much in the same positions. We still 
still the backbone of the company, still tearing it down every single night. Um, you know, other other than you know the injury on my behalf, you know the other you know other two Dean and Seth have, have been grinding you know every single night, you know making town after town, you know visiting the world. So we you know we can't complain where we're we're, we're still at. Yeah, you guys come a long way from the NXT days, and I know that's. I mean, I, I watch that from time to time, and and you know, I, I know there's a lot of guys that are going to come out of that, and what you guys have done coming out of there has has, has been amazing. I mean, it's hard to believe like, it's like you only been in the WWE for what just over two years. I think you guys debuted at the Survivor Series, and just what you guys have done is it's been tremendous. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 a pretty great uh, setup that we have nowadays. Um, you know, I was just down at NXT. Um, at the at the last pay per view and and it, and it happened to us and you know people were able to see our development and you know from where we were then to where we are now and it's just going to continue to happen. I mean they, we have great talents down there right now. I mean just a, a ton of guys that you know and it's 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 a pretty cool process because you know I know a good bit of them. Um, some people you know are, are diehard fans, the smarter fans. They know them because they tune into you know every single product that we have, which is awesome. Um, but there's guys that nobody knows. You know, nobody. They're walking through Walmart. They're, they're living their everyday life, and nobody stops them. But in a few months, you know, once they make that debut, once once they you know get a few pay per views under the belt, their whole lives are going to change. So it's it's a pretty neat process to to uh, see happen for these guys, and I couldn't be prouder of being an NXT alumni. One thing I love. And, and your set of moves is the Superman punch. Where did you develop that? That's a great move. I love it. Oh, thanks, man. You know, I mean, it's pretty simple. You know, I've seen it a few times on MMA. You know, they it, it's more of a surprise move for them, you know, just trying to catch a guy, like, straight off the bell and stuff like that. Um, but for me, uh, it just made sense. It's something I've done since, uh, you know, my developmental days. Um, I just threw a little bit of theatrics in front of it, you know, with the uh, the fist pound to the ground, and and you know the the crowd was receptive to it. They they love seeing it. It seems like so. It, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's it's great. It comes it's, out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean it's pretty simple. It's straight to the point. It, you know, you load the fist up and and you you aim for the fence. So it it's worked out well. Do you think uh, you have an advantage in some ways? And I know it's maybe not too well known in circles. And uh, I didn't realize that Sika was your father. Being a second generation wrestler, and, and and you come from quite the wrestling background, do you think that gives you more of an advantage over other people getting into the business? Um, it, you know, it just depends. You know, uh, it has its advantages, and then it has its disadvantages. Um, you know, to break in, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that you know that door was a lot closer to me. Um, and, you know, WWE's kind of knew about me since I was, in, you know, playing football in college, you know, the high school ball coming out, going to college. So I've been on their radar for a long time. I mean, you know, when you come from a wrestling family, I, you know, I'm, I was a Division One scholarship uh, guy, 6'3", going into college at like 250. Um, they, they just, they had their eyes on me, you know. And uh, fortunately for me, you know, I got what I needed out of football. I got an education. Um, I got to, you know, play some awesome football. And then, you know, God, God blew and I was able to move on and, and do something I love, you know, something that was uh, just so much more interesting to me um, within wrestling and sports entertainment, you know. After a while, you can uh, you can kind of fizzle out with football just because, you know, since I was seven, it was the same stuff over and over and over. Yeah. Um, you know, with wrestling, uh, you know, I, 
I've been lucky enough to see the world and, and just kind of do do my thing out there and make my own art and performance. So it's 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 a you know it's a, like I said it's a double edged sword. It can help, but there, there's so much uh, you know there's so much on the line for me. There's so much uh, you know so much to live up to, and, and there's a lot of responsibility every time I, I step in the ring. I know we're running out of time, so i got two short questions. I know Vince McMahon recently talked about wrestlers grabbing for the brass ring. Is it going to be yours in 2015? Uh, you know, I, I certainly hope so. I'm going to do everything in my power to, uh, you know, to stand out, to uh, to be that guy. I mean, you know, I, I can I can do everything right in the world, but then sometimes things just don't happen. So for me, it's just to stay focused, do the things that I can control, um, stay within myself, Never forget who I am, where I come from, and where I want to go, and I'll be fine. I love that. I love that thinking. Uh, and I know, I know Wikipedia says you just were married, and congratulations on that. What is, like, the biggest, like, Internet rumor that's, like, a lie about you? Um, well, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Thank you for, you know, the congratulations. Um, it's, it's been a quite quite the uh, past couple months in my life. It's been crazy busy, but... Uh, I don't know, man. I, I get a lot of internet, uh, you know. I get a lot of internet love, and I get a lot of hate. So for me, it's uh, it's quite amusing. I, you know, the majority of it, I would say, is not true. You know, it seems like people just make some stuff up. But you know, I, I I really dig having having the love and the hate. You know, as long as I'm my my name stays in their mouth, they're just making me more famous. So you know, the more people talk about me, the better. Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, depending how how you know him. He joined us, and uh, it's interesting to talk to him because this was at a time where he just kind of broke onto the scene. You know, when he beat John Cena in the big pay-per-view, had some great fights, and, of course, he's fighting Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Check out this classic interview with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to talk to you. And, Kevin, uh, probably for anybody that's come on the scene in the WWE, the rise that you've done in the last couple of months is absolutely amazing. How, how does it feel? I mean, you've been in the, in the, the independents. A short time in NXT, and now you're a superstar. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It feels pretty great. Uh, I've gone through everything so quickly. Uh, you know, it took me 15 years to get here in the first place. So for things to have uh, evolved so quickly, uh, you know, from the moment I got to NXT to now, you know, it's a great feeling. Obviously, I've always wanted to be on Raw, SmackDown. I've always wanted to be on the stage, uh, you know, ever since I was 11 years old. So, uh, you know, it's pretty cool to see it all happening right now. And, and, and watching you wrestle, um, I mean, I, I've referred to your name, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, throughout the years, but I never had a chance to see you wrestle. And then watch you come in in your first couple of matches with John Cena. Uh, you, you've made, and this is not a knock against John Cena because he's amazing, but you've you've made, you got more out of him than a lot of guys do. And your matches were so highly entertaining. Just outstanding. I, I want to, you know, just, just pat you on the back for that because just to see, Thank you. Because to, to, see, to see, you know, you know, because I mean, and I know, I know when you came out of the scene, you know, and, and you and John have been wrestling for the same amount of time. Obviously, John's been in the WWE longer, but but to get that out of the John and, and just you know, and watch your match with uh, Cesaro at SummerSlam, and um, you know, which is a very physical match, which you know makes me happy. I've never tried to wrestle because man, <laughs> your 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 style of wrestling is, uh, you know, I know I'm kissing up here. Sorry to do that at the beginning, but uh, but That's just all good. but but uh, very, but very imp- impressive and. Um, you know, and I'm sure fans are looking forward to seeing at the Hampton Coliseum this Friday night. And how does it feel? I guess the changes, you know, when you're in these arenas and stuff, uh, the fans, because I know the independent fans and 
and Ring of Honor and everything that you were a part of years before that is, is it is it you know is it greater because you know the audiences are bigger? I mean, of course, it's the WWE where every superstar wants to be. How, did you ever think you would get to this moment? I really did. I think I had a lot of faith in myself. I always had. You know, it might sound a bit arrogant, but I kind of had. You know, uh, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine, actually Sami Zayn, who you know, uh, him him and I have you know gone, gone back and forth in NXT. Uh, I had a conversation with him. I want to say at this point, twelve years ago, maybe ten years ago at least, and uh, I was telling him how to me being in WWE wasn't not only was it a dream, but it was a goal. And to me, there's a distinction between having a dream and having a goal. You know, uh, to me, the goal is I'm gonna. This is gonna happen. A dream is something with, oh, you know, this would be nice if it could happen. But to me, it was a goal. And I always worked towards it in that in that way with that uh, frame of mind. So I, I kind of always thought that this would happen for me. And, you know, here I am. You know, for, for a lot of guys that come through NXT, and, and, and maybe because you've been, you've been doing it longer, it's, um, it's sometimes like they're there for like a longer time. I know guys like Tyler Breeze and a few other guys have been there for a while. And I, well, Sammy, I know, has been injured. But, like, you were there – I think you came out of the scene like November of last year. I know you signed in August, but uh, but you were there, I guess, a relatively short time. I mean, how, how did they know that you were ready? How did you know you were ready? I mean, I don't know how they knew or who made the call. Uh, obviously, it had something to do with Vince McMahon because he runs the show, you know, but I feel like, um, you know, NXT was very valuable in terms of getting you ready for the television product and the television aspect of Raw and SmackDown because – on the independent scene, and even with Ring of Honor, who had, you know, a bit of, uh, you know, who was on television uh, on a much smaller scale, there was no emphasis on production and, and you know, uh, wrestling for TV, if you will. But NXT, uh, Triple H built NXT in such a way that it's really just a smaller version of Raw. So when you're in NXT, every day you're getting ready for the moment you'll 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 show up on Raw. So I feel like. You know, I, I was in NXT for six months, and I feel like whoever made the call to have me come to Raw saw that I was ready. And, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years, so as far as my in-ring uh, abilities were concerned, I, you know, I think they already knew that I was ready. It was just maybe a bit more seasoning in terms of how to wrestle for television. But I think I picked that up pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, I, I feel it was also more of a matter of, you know, John Cena – need somebody uh, to, to, to wrestle that'll be interesting and fresh. And we have, you know, we have this guy in NXT that people want to see, uh, you know, and it just it just kind of worked out. And it worked out. I mean, to come out of the scene of the WWE and, and you know, be a name that people know and, and recognize, and then your first match with John Cena is, you know, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> it's a great. No, it's not a bad way to kick things off, yeah. <laughs> The in NXT, uh, if, if you could describe the, the process in a short manner, I know. That, I mean, there's a, a training and there's a wrestling. Is it almost like there's like classrooms for like cutting promos? Is you know, is it yeah, kind of like uh, you know, did not break so the fourth wall? We have, uh, you know, there's a. I mean, uh, you know, Triple H is always very open about how the performance center works. Uh, it, it, there's a there's a room that everybody calls the mirror, uh, where you cut promos, and uh, the reason it's called the mirror is because you know anybody who. Uh, you ask, you know, any old-time wrestler who you ask, how do I get better promos? They'll say, you know, cut them in the mirror, do it in front of a mirror. So they call that room the mirror, and it's basically, it's a room, uh, it's a soundproof room that you can go into, and there's an iPad there, you enter your code, and it records 
everything you do in that room, and it sends it to a computer, and then you can go enter your code in the computer, and you can watch it back. And, you know, if you want a coach to look at it and give you feedback, you can tell them, hey, I just did something in American. Go check it out. They have access to it. It's, uh, you know, and it, that's not the only there's – a, there's a room where everybody sits down and watches uh, – it's called, uh, you know, skull session because it's a coach watching wrestling with you, telling you, uh, you know, explaining everything that's happening and telling you why this works, why this doesn't work, why, did, why do this, why not to do that. So, uh, you know, there is more than what happens in the ring, absolutely. And, you know, it's just a matter of uh, when Triple H built that place, he wanted to give uh, the guys and girls in there every resource possible to get as good as they could, and he definitely did that. Oh, that's great. I, I, w- I would love to just get, take a tour of that place. I know they, it's, it hasn't really been open for the media yet, but I, I know, you know some of those guys who do those wrestling websites, I'm sure, would, would love that stuff. Yeah. Actually, I think there's a tour uh, on Monday, September 28th, there's a tour that people can take. Uh, I think you can buy tickets or something like that, and you can go and visit the Performance Center. So uh, people should go on uh, www.com and, and check that out if they're interested in, uh, in visiting the place. We're talking to WWE superstar Kevin Owens. going to be at the Hampton Coliseum this Friday night, September 4th. Uh, you mentioned uh, the legends and stuff, and I know like Sting's been kind of around here and there. And, and, and NXT, uh, and I'm sure you, you've worked with him a bit. Uh, was he uh, late uh, Dusty Rhodes? How much of an influence mm-hmm. was he on you? Yeah, Dusty, uh, I, I was only in NXT for 10 months, so I only got to know Dusty for 10 months. But in those 10 months, he made more of an impression on me than anybody I've ever encountered in wrestling. And, um, you know, I, got, I, I, I think I got pretty close with him. You know, the highlight of my day was going to sit in Dusty's office and talking about wrestling with him, you know. Um, he was just... Uh, he was, uh, he was unlike anybody else I've ever met, you know, and he cared about every single person in that performance center, which was, you know, it didn't matter if it was somebody who had been there for a week and had never wrestled before, or if it was somebody that like me who had been through it for 15 years and, you know, was just trying to make it to the big stage. Finally, he, he took a personal interest in everybody's story and in everybody's development. And, uh, you know, his, his uh, input and his advice was, invaluable and he's uh i mean I, I haven't been back to the performance center since he passed because honestly like, i uh i kind of don't think like it wouldn't be the same without him but i know that everybody there misses him a lot i miss him a lot everyone does you know he was uh he's a great guy yeah he, he definitely was a legend and i remember one of his it might have been one of those the uh something on the wwe network when he's talking about doing promos and he's like you know it's always got to be about you know where the money is you know talking to you know where when you're cutting promos, it's all about, you know, the business and, you know, making money and selling up, you know, selling the next thing that's coming up and, you know, not just going out there and talking and stuff. A very valuable guy in the business. When you were growing, when you were growing up, who did you like to watch? I was a big Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. Probably, I like to say that at one point, as cliche as it sounds, I was the biggest Stone Cold Steve Austin fan in the world. Uh, you know, my room was plastered, uh, you know, floor to ceiling with Stone Cold Steve Austin posters. Uh, I was a big fan of Shawn Michaels as well. Shawn Michaels is actually the reason I ever wanted to become a wrestler in the first place. I saw uh, one of his matches at WrestleMania 11, and it sold me on this is what I want to do. Uh, I was 11 years old at the time, and it never changed, you know? Uh, so those two guys in particular, and I was also a big fan of uh, Steve Carino, uh, who was in ECW and who I, you know, I ended up becoming close friends with uh, throughout the years, you know, in the independence. Those were probably my three favorite wrestlers of all time. What is the meaning behind Fight Owens Fight? Um, 
I mean, it's just I, 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 find, I feel like that describes me very well, you know, whether it's in the ring or even outside of the ring, just, you know, you got to fight for, you know, everything you have in life, you know, and it's also, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean physical fight. I, you know, I, I feel like it's something that anybody can relate to, you know, life's not easy. It just isn't. And, you know, if I hadn't, if I hadn't fought, you know, for 15 years to get here, I wouldn't have gotten here. You know, it wasn't an easy road, and I've had a lot of people tell me that I wouldn't get here. But I fought to prove all these people wrong. In a way, it's it's a weirdly, I don't know, I guess it's weirdly inspirational, but, uh, you know, it works in and out of the ring for me. Uh, and it's just something that I feel uh, just really describes who I am. Well, you've, you've done a great job with it so far, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, what's going to happen down the road with you. And uh, who do you want to wrestle at WrestleMania next year? I, I, I know we're what, nine months away, but, you know, if you could, like, pencil a name on there, who would you like to fight? Hey, I'm, I mean, I, I just want to be on WrestleMania, but, uh, you know, I'd love to get in there with Brock Lesnar. I don't know if that's realistic, considering WrestleMania is, you know, WrestleMania, but if I could get in there with anybody from, I don't know, Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, Dolph Ziggler, Chris Jericho, anybody, you know what I mean? Like, I'd be happy uh, to be in there with anybody, and I think we could do something very special, so... uh I just want to be on WrestleMania. Kevin Owens, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. I know I know. I, I would love to talk to you all day. I know you got to do other interviews and stuff, but uh, <laughs> we're out behind time. Thank but, you. but you are uh, a true, you know, superstar that is a pleasure to watch. And and um, and, and thank you for uh, coming in and uh, shaking things up because you definitely did that in the WWE. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Drew McIntyre, a guy that's uh, the headline last year's WrestleMania and a big part of this year's WrestleMania. We had a chance to talk to him right when he came back to WWE and he's uh, teaming up with uh, Dolph Ziggler and you know we were hoping for big things for him and it took a while to get there, but man, he's he's been great the last year. Check out this interview with Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me, uh, buddy. How are you keeping? Hey, I, I'm doing great. I got uh, my name is Dave Taylor. I got Sean in here. And uh, we're looking forward to the show coming up this Saturday night, part of the WWE SummerSlam Heatwave Tour. Well, I'm very much looking forward to it myself. We get to get back in Norfolk. I can't even remember the last time I was personally there. That's what I was just about to ask you was when was the last time you were in Norfolk? But if you don't remember, then, ah, man, that's, it's been, I know it's been a long time since we've seen you uh, with the WWE especially, but I'm, I'm super looking forward to it. Ever since you've been back, I've been super excited to catch you live. Uh, I appreciate that, buddy. It's very exciting to be back, you know, part of WWE and, you know, getting to see all the, the fans again that I haven't seen in a long time. And last time they saw me, I was a different cat. I was but a boy, <laughs> and I'm returning a, a grizzled man these days. So what's what's different now than, like, the first time you were around? Uh, well, like I say, uh, you know, I got signed by WWE when I was 21, straight from university in Scotland. And I came to America, and I was straight into the system, and, you know, I've, I was always confident in wrestling. It's all I've ever done. Uh, but, you know, I never really matured. I never really grew up. And I never appreciated the opportunity I had because I got it so young. And, you know, I basically had that boy mindset the whole time. And this is perfectly normal. I'm part of WWE. I never took it for what it was. Oh, my God, I'm living my dream. I'm part of the biggest company in the world. It wasn't until I was released that I got a you know, perception of reality. And I realized the opportunity that I had. And then I proceeded to work harder than everyone else in the world. I built myself into the most marketable guy outside of WWE, and finally it was time to come home. You know, the man I am now, I realize the opportunity I have, and I'm back as a leader to set an example for everybody else in the wrestling world. That's a a great message. But, like, in addition to what's different for yourself, 
What's changed in the company, the WWE, since the first time you were there? I don't know how, but it got bigger. <laughs> <laughs> like every year, every uh, couple of years, it just grows and grows. I mean, you think it can't get any bigger. Another deal's signed, and you know the stock prices are through the roof. So it's, it's amazing to watch just how far the company has gone and you know the respect the business gets these days. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's incredible. And to what, like the bigger WWE gets, the more successful it is. The more successful the companies out with WWE get. It all trickles down from the top. And I was part of all the other companies, and I watched them grow. I was part of the growth of a lot of other companies out with WWE. And you know, the more successful WWE gets, the, the better it is for the health of the entire wrestling industry. Yeah, because you because what you didn't have when you were around the first time was NXT, and then you came back and was there for a while. What was that experience like? Oh, NXT was great. That, that's what I wanted to do. Was um, you know return to NXT and kind of reintroduce myself, who I am these days. And NXT, you know, has a very passionate, uh, the smart is the right word, fan base that were aware of what I was doing out with the company. So I felt like it was a good way to come back and try and help grow the NXT brand. Because in the end, WWE is so big, the name sells it. But NXT, an individual, can really make a difference. And I wanted to to get in there and see what I could do to try and elevate the brand and be around so many talented people and. I had a great time there. I meant the world to me to be champion and represent NXT. And I came down with a little injury, unfortunately, when I lost the NXT title. And once I rehabbed, you know, it was about time to return to Monday Night Raw for the first time in four years. That's okay, but see, that means you're an undefeated NXT champion. <laughs> you're like, well, I mean, like, you got injured and then Andrade beat you, but you were, you were there, you were carrying the mantle and everything. And then Andrade beat you. And I got to tell you, Andrade beating you kind of took him to a whole nother level. So I think you really accomplished your mission. You showed up in NXT. And then you made it more than it was. You took a guy who a lot of people were overlooking, and you helped elevate him even by losing the title. I appreciate that. And like he's, you know, an incredible athlete who just needed to find, you know, that little something extra to put the pieces together. They put him and Zelina together, a great pairing. We had the opportunity to work together, and I told him, I know you've got a lot more than you're showing everybody, and I'm going to make you bring it out. And he brought it out in spades. Zelina brought out the personality in spades, and it was a perfect recipe. And in the end, I defeated myself. I tore my bicep, so right. I beat me. Right, you but beat me. He did come up to a whole new level. So it's really another win. It's another win for you if you think about it the right That's way. Right, I'll take the victory over myself. <laughs> um, you talked about perfect pairings. Uh, talk to us a little bit about pairing up with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, Dolph's great. Hey, he's somebody I've known for. Oh my goodness, I've been in America so long now. Uh, <laughs> Eleven years. Eleven years. I, I just turned thirty-three. Actually, I got Simon. I was twenty-one. Oh, I'm the same age. Uh, so I'm, I'm the same age as Drew, and he's way more successful than me. That makes me feel good. Uh, uh, everybody thinks I'm in like my forties or something, but they just keep saying, "Oh, yeah, Drew's been around for for a while." I was I right. been around for a while, but you don't like talk about like I'm in my mid-forties or you know I'm on my twilight, my career. So I'm just slowly <laughs> getting my prime right. Time right now, but Dolph, somebody, you know, when I came in, uh, you know, he was somebody who just worked so hard. He's so determined to be the best. And that's always been his mentality. And, you know, him and I were kind of part of the original youth movement of WWE. It was like Dolph, myself, Sheamus, John Morrison, Kofi. A lot of us, you know, were getting opportunities because the old guard was moving out. And, you know, I always knew Dolph's mentality. And he's kind of been stopped, star a lot over the years. And when I came back, we paired us together. I know my mentality now is, you know, be the best, set the bar for everybody. If you can't rise to it, you don't belong in WWE. He feels the same and put us together. And then put us in matches with guys like Seth and Roman. And then, you know, you're going to get some gold there. 
Hey, uh, a while ago, you mentioned about the NXT crowd being smart. You were uh, kind of a part of the main event at Extreme Rules. Did that bother you with the crowd kind of acting the way they did or doing the countdown and stuff? Does that affect you? Know, maybe not just you, but even the guys in the ring? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Like for the guys in the ring, I'm sure it's more, more why. I guess. Yeah. Like for me, it was annoying. But if you're in the match, it's even. Even more annoying because I just don't understand. The fans are so vocal about what they'd like to see. And then you give it to them. And then they're still not satisfied. And still, like, this is why you can't have nice things. <laughs> I said that exact <laughs> thing before. Um, but the funny thing is, it's weird. It's not like they were, like, crapping all over it like they've done in the past where they tried to hijack the match or whatever. And, you know, you pay your money, you can do what you want. And have a good time. But the, the funny thing about this match was they were doing the countdown with every 10 seconds, but I could feel like I can feel a crowd and I can tell when they care and when they don't care. They were invested in that match. The guys worked hard, the crowd cared, but they were just so entertained by doing the countdown. So it was a bizarre situation. It wasn't like they hijacked the match. They were right. doing this thing to entertain themselves, but they were still invested in the match. So it was a bizarre situation. So I take that one as a little different because I could feel the crowd and I could feel they were into that match, even though they were entertaining themselves at times. I mean, do you kind of like, you know, some of the matches we've had in the past at some events, not 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 not, not evolving you, but like say like Brock and Roman, is that that fear at SummerSlam that they're going to hide? You know, the crowd's going to hijack it. You can't do anything about it. I mean, in the end, the reality is to pay their money. If that's what entertains them, that's what they're, what they're going to do. But you can't like tell like grown people like this is what you have to do. You right. pay your money. If this is what you want to do, that's what you're going to do. Like, if I don't understand it, that's fine. If I do, that's fine. But in the end, they're going to do what they're going to do. But the guys in the ring just have to take it to a level and surprise them with such unique and creative things that you can't help but pay attention to the match. And I know, like, Brock, I know Roman, and they're very physical guys. Even if they're, you know, trying to get them at the start, I'm sure they'll do something so physical and so something out of the box that everybody will pay attention. And that's our job is to catch their attention. I've got to tell you, that's something specifically that you've always had, but you really ramped it up since you've been back is physicality. Yeah. Because one of the things I remember seeing when you came back to NXT was I was thinking to myself, obviously, I know, like I've seen you a million times, you're an incredibly talented performer uh, and wrestler. It's just, it, it, but it, I'm looking at you going, ow, he's killing these people. But I know clearly, you know, it's, you're, you're an incredibly safe person for them to be in there with, but it's just, I, I'm amazed watching the physicality. It's just, is that part of the. The maturity that you talked about coming back, you realized you needed to kind of step that up? Or is that something like a trend? Because if you look at NXT, physicality seems to be a big part of NXT. Lots of high-impact moves. Lots of, like, almost brawling to a degree. Strong Styles made a real debut there. Um, is that just something you knew you had to bring back with you? Yeah, I mean, that's something I've kind of always uh, been big on, but especially the time I was away and, you know, building my, my new look, my new character, which is just me, basically. <laughs> and a move set that matches how I look. And the way I look at it as well is, you know, people kind of know what's going on. Yeah, It's up to my job to make them question. Right. Rather than, I'm not too into, I guess, going in and putting on a performance as such. Like, I want to go in there. I want to get you invested in the story. And I want you to believe the physicality. And I want you to believe me. So you might not believe everything else is real. I can assure you, you're going to believe Drew McIntyre is real. And, and when I hit somebody, I hit somebody. Look, we're two grown men. You can take a hit. I'm not going to break your nose. Maybe I will. In the end, we'll just have a beer and cheers afterwards. Because like that. that's what it's all about to me. It's all about bringing that physicality. It's about blurring the lines. It's about making people see. And I know it's not this way. But, and as soon as I hear the but, I'm like, I got gotcha. you. I got you. I got you. One thing, since you come back, and I kind of like this, because to me it's been keeping like you fresh in my eyes, is that even though you're on every week, you're not wrestling every week. But w w what is the plan? Like, is there 
and I know you can't really say, but like post SummerSlam, because I don't think he have a SummerSlam match at this time. But what what, what can we expect from Drew McIntyre after SummerSlam? Well, you can expect to be hopefully entertained. If you've been enjoying it, I'm glad because like uh, I keep telling people, and I appreciate everyone on social media that you know send me all the messages and send the company the messages <laughs> what they'd like to see. I keep telling everybody, remember, we have 52 weeks of TV. I just came back. We've got to, right. got to tell the story, build the character, get the casual fans invested. I appreciate the ones who know what I'm about. But that's what it's all about. It's about sprinkling a, little, sprinkling a little bit here, a little bit there, and just slowly you know, reintroducing myself. And I've been you know, very blessed like the, the situation with Dolph and the people I've been working with to you know, really start slowly building up. Because in the past, I have tend to be dropped right into the deep end. It's like, oh, new toy. We like this guy. Drop him right in. This yeah. time we're taking our time. We're educating everybody. The ones who know, know, but the ones who don't are starting to learn. And I love the way it's been going. And I'm sure SummerSlam is going to be an absolute spectacle. When I say I'm sure, I mean the guys are going to steal the show. And I'll be involved in some way. <laughs> did, did you think like years ago being the chosen one kind of hurt you a little bit? No, absolutely not. Like it's never been done before. It will never be done again. Like Vincent Mann came out and endorsed me in front of the world. And, uh, you know, my mindset is now, like, he said some things in the past that people laughed at. You know, he told uh, people in the company we're going to be public one day, they laughed at him. He said, we're going to be, uh, you have a network one day, they laughed at him. Everything that man says comes true. And he said, Drew McIntyre was a future world champion. And it reminds him of himself and all that stuff. And look what's starting to happen. But the man is a crystal ball. <laughs> okay, so I've got a question for you. You said SummerSlam is going to be uh, off the charts. It's going to be great. We're all expecting that. Um, but we all know that you're going to be here this weekend for a part of the uh, SummerSlam Heat Wave Tour. And I, I got to ask you, like, okay, so what can we expect about that Heat Wave Tour? Why should people come to this if they're thinking, eh, it's a live show, it's not SummerSlam, I'll wait till I'll watch SummerSlam on pay-per-view, no big deal. Why should they come see the Heat Wave Tour? So there's one, there's nothing like uh, the live WWE shows. Um, like, I really, you know, believe that there's something for everybody. And everybody on the show, it's two weeks before SummerSlam. They're looking to prove something, you know, like be it for the online chatter, be it for the agents to go back and tell the bosses. Everybody's bringing their A game to every show. And if the ones that are on the show want everyone talking about them, that they're in the zone right now, the ones that are not on the show want to earn a spot on the show. And the live experience, there's no cameras there. It's a lot more interactive. We can actually play with the audience a bit more. We can get involved with the audience a bit more. They're part of the show. And there's like no, like nothing like it on earth. Like I've got some of my buddies that have came to the show in Scotland who are not wrestling fans. They just oh, that's that thing Drew does, that weird wrestling. And they come to the show and afterwards they're just hooked and they start watching every week and they're texting me about it. <laughs> like we have literally something for everyone. So many different characters, so many different stories. And it's just fun in the live events. And I say there's no cameras there. And we're just like, everybody's a part of the show. And the tickets like start so cheap that I say, just give it a try. Like I honestly believe if you go there, I'll give you my Drew guarantee. If you don't love it, come pay me in the parking lot. I'll give you the money back myself because it really is a show for everybody, and I really do believe in the product. And I wouldn't just say it because usually people you know, tell me when they see promos and stuff, the man, I was such a good promo. I was like, it's not promo. It's what I believe. It's real. Everything I say is real. Drew McIntyre is Drew Galloway. I'm the same person. I really believe in the product, and I wouldn't just say it because that's my job to say it. That's a, that's a hell of a guarantee. Yeah, that is. <laughs> <laughs> go find the man who gave him your money back. <laughs> Hey, recently you did a video with uh, some old guys used to, I shouldn't say old guys you worked with because they're still around, but uh, but but Jinder and uh, and Heath, what was kind of like to relive like the WLC moments and stuff? Uh, it was interesting because I've never watched it since. So it was like oh, watching a, a different person. <laughs> like I, I looked at Jinder, I think, I don't know if they showed that part, but I, I think they did. But I looked at Jinder and Heath and I said, 
the gender, I was like, man, like we don't look like different people. And I looked at Heath and went, and you cut your hair. Totally <laughs> 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 different. But uh, yeah, I remember, like I remember on the night, like uh, they did such a such a great job. And I remember it was supposed to be a joke. Everyone was supposed to laugh at it. And you know, I was very fired up about it and told them I'll do something crazy. All the other guys will do something crazy. The two guys in the match really worked their worked their butts off and put on a performance that had the fans on their feet clapping by the end of it when it was supposed to be a joke. So that was the the highlight of VMB, let's say. That was a great match. I remember why, and I, you're right, going into it, I didn't think it was going to be much. But I, at the end of it, I was like, this might end up being match of the night. This was amazing. <laughs> and it was the pre-show. I yeah. remember saying was we're walking back, follow that pay-per-view. <laughs> Oh man, that's just that's such a blast. Uh, we had a we had a question from a listener real quick that I wanted to ask you. Um, he brought up how we, we discussed on our show recently that moves like the DDT and whatnot they used to be used as finishers are now more of kind of mainstay moves just in everybody's everyday arsenal. Why, why you used the future shock DDT at one point? Now you use the claymore kick. Uh, what's what what kind of has got you choosing moves like that? That really, I mean, some people would say, "Oh, well, nobody beats anybody with moves like that anymore." Are you just trying to reestablish these simple but effective finishers, or what's your mentality behind choosing something like that? Uh, well, I think, and the way you deliver it helps. Also, if you do something enough and educate people to believe anything, like I could do a headlock, and I'm sure eventually people would believe it if I did it enough, enough weeks in a row, or enough right. months in a row. But in reality, like I like something that looks effective, and I believe that I can deliver something more effectively than anyone else in the world, and that's why I'll do it. Like when it came to the DDT, you know, I think my limbs and the speed that I delivered at made it from a DDT into almost like a power driver type move, the way I deliver the future shock. And also with the kick, and a lot of people do the single leg drop kick, but I don't see many six foot five, 260 pound guys <laughs> moving like here as fast as me <laughs> to kick somebody in the face. <laughs> so that's I think I get true. the edge on that one. <laughs> so uh, you had a great match with Seth Rollins a couple of weeks ago. Is there any dream programs that you you kind of want to see yourself you know taking on some certain stars down the road? Uh, yeah, I mean there's an unlimited amount. Uh, there were so many guys that weren't here when I was here before, or if they were here, they weren't as established as they are now. And uh, you know I was in the position I'm in now where we could really get the world's attention. So you know Seth, we're currently with him right now. Uh, he's a phenomenal performer in the ring and. Anytime him and Dolph or him and myself get in there, you know, you're guaranteed we'll be setting the bar that I've been talking about that people have to try and live up to. And then uh, anytime someone like Roman and myself get in the ring together, you know, you can hear the crowd starting to rumble. And that's a cool feeling. It's like, oh, wow, this is something they want to see. Let's give them a little tease right now. Maybe we'll come back to that later. Braun and I stepped in the ring once in the UK, and I saw everybody starting to stand on their feet, just getting face-to-face with each other. And, you know, that's moments that it's like, wow, you know, we don't have to create an intricate story. People just are into it by just standing face-to-face. That's a very cool moment. And then if you want to play fantasy book, then AJ Styles is over on SmackDown. Right. And him and I keep passing each other like ships in the night over the past <laughs> like five, year, five years. We just keep doing different shows. He disappears, he goes somewhere else, and I go there, and then he disappears, and then you can never quite figure it out. And now we're almost so close, and that match will happen eventually. Okay, so last question for me, and this is a little off-the-wall question. I like to throw some, kind of, uh, some, some nonsense questions every once in a while, catch you off your guard. But Drew McIntyre, I need to know you, for your opinion once and for all. Make the internet mad. Does pineapple go on pizza or not? No. No. Thank you, Drew. Hey. Thank you. The correct yeah, answer. I don't, I, don't, I don't even like pineapple to begin with, so I'm not putting it on anything. There you go. The definitive answer from Drew McIntyre. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. It has been a blast. No, thank you for having me, guys. If you're there, come and say hello.
There you go. Some great classic interviews. I hope you enjoyed those. It's nice to kind of dig into the vault because it's like a time capsule uh, to see what, uh, what, you know, the programs that were going on with these wrestlers and just the thoughts and everything and, and how things change, especially for Roman Reigns and the battles that he's gone through uh, with his health. And glad to see him doing great. And uh, looking forward to his match coming up at WrestleMania this weekend. So, again, uh, you can find us online at 1069thefox.com and fm99.com and on Facebook and Twitter at ESPR99 and any of the podcast apps. I'm you're listening to us, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, any of those apps, uh, Spotify. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow that. We get the alerts of our program, and we appreciate you listening for the last couple of years. Again, we got a big show this weekend, uh, Friday night, the WrestleMania preview before SmackDown, and then uh, Saturday and Sunday night, we have the post-WrestleMania reviews. We're going to review each night live. And again, if you can't join us live on our Facebook page, you can see the audio or you listen to the audio versions of that uh, shortly after those shows end. Again, thanks for listening. I'm Dave Taylor. And make sure, as always, you eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat. Good night, everybody.